Well, when it comes right down to it, uh, the question that we need to ask and answer, uh, not just today but going forward, is what kind of church do we want to build? Now, by that, I don't necessarily mean the structure, although I think the structure is uh, of importance. I think architecture speaks something of people's philosophy, something of people's beliefs, and I, and I think that our architects has captured that. But, but, but much more fundamentally than that, uh, what impact do we want to have in this community as we move forward? Uh, what do we want people to know about Jesus after they have a cup of coffee with us? What do we want our friends to understand about God's grace and mercy when we get in an argument with them? How do we want our children to understand the gospel and at times when we need to discipline them and they need our discipline? What kind of church do we want to build isn't just about a structure, it's really about what's in the core of our hearts. I had two radically different experiences late this week uh, to this point. The first one, and I mentioned, is I was sitting in City Hall Thursday night and our architect, Tyler Stevens, was giving the presentation. I was sitting in the second to back row because I'm, when I'm not working like this, I'm a good Presbyterian. I get to the back as quickly as possible. Um, but I was listening to Tyler, and he was giving a wonderful presentation, and he had, a, he had the slides up, a lot of the pictures and images that you guys have seen over the last few weeks he had there. And I was watching, not Tyler, but I was watching the crowd. I was watching the people in the, in the audience who were, who were watching this, and they weren't there for Green Tree. Uh, Porter and me and, and, uh, and um, Tyler were the folks there for Green Tree. Everybody else was there for other business. But at this stage in my life and doing what I do for a living, I'm pretty good at reading a crowd. I can pretty much tell when folks are with the speaker, when they're not with the speaker. I can pretty much tell if they're interested in what's being said or not interested in being said. And what was fascinating to me was that the vast majority of that people probably knew very, very little about Green Tree. But as Tyler put the images up on the screen, people's attention was riveted. It was quiet in that room, and a bunch of casual observers were trying to get their minds around the idea of a church that didn't necessarily look like a traditional church that really was for the community. And Tyler shared about the amphitheater and our desire for that to be a gathering place and a friendly place, lots of green uh, space for folks to walk their dogs and things like that. And people were getting, I believe, a very good impression of the heart of Green Tree Community Church. Fast forward to Friday afternoon when uh, Cindy uh, came home and she and I were going out for a little while. And when she came home, she was literally pretty much shaking. She was so angry, which made me very nervous until I found out it wasn't about me. And then I was okay. But apparently there were some, uh, some folks that were in the parking lots of Kirkwood High School on Friday afternoon with bullhorns screaming to the students, screaming at the students as they came out of school for the day about hell and damnation and how they were headed there unless they repent and turn to Jesus. Now, friends, don't hear me ignoring the theology that is biblical. God is going to judge us either at the cross of Christ and we are going to be forgiven or when we stand before him. But there's a way to go about witnessing for Jesus and then there's a way to go about witnessing for Jesus. And uh, I, I don't know if it's on YouTube or not, but there's a neighbor that actually was, was videotaping this with her phone as this person, these two people were just ranting and raving at folks. And then you could hear her say this, uh-oh, there goes Cindy Ricks. <laughs> and my wife uh, had a conversation with one of those folks as literally the bullhorn was in her face 
uh, and she uh, took issue with the motive behind the, uh, the action. Uh, later on, one of her students, uh, I, I heard about a tweet of one of her students, and they said, oh, there goes Mrs. Rick to, Ricks to kick some um, <laughs> rear end. Why was she so offended? And that was the word she used. She was so offended because the gospel is a gospel of grace. It's a gospel of invitation. Jesus holds his, his, his most um, intense remarks of judgment for the folks that were the religious folks. Not, not the tax collectors and the sinners, the people that didn't know him. As he met with them, he talked about God's grace and mercy and compassion. What kind of church do we want to build? In uh, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, Paul has a very uh, interesting challenge in front of him. He, he has a huge ask, so to speak. He's asking the church in Corinth to be radically generous in their giving for people they don't know for people they've never met, unless they've traveled to Jerusalem once or twice in their life. Maybe they've met one or two of these folks or a handful, but, but chances are that 99% of the people at the church in Corinth knew nothing of the church in Jerusalem other than they were in a bad way. It wasn't their relatives, it wasn't their friends, it wasn't their neighbors, it, were, it was total strangers, and that's a tough ask. <laughs> it's difficult to, to make that ask, and yet part of our ask, part of the, the, the opportunity we face in, in giving radically generous to the kingdom of God at Green Tree is for those who yet are come to know Christ. Maybe there are some folks we know, but maybe by and large they're strangers to us. Maybe by and large the greatest work God's going to do is with people yet to be born in this community. And so we find ourselves something like the Corinthians in that Paul is, is asking them to, to be radically generous and, and trust God in that generosity. The other thing is he's talking to a church that has some means, that has some wealth. Uh, it's a church that is probably one of, the, one of the more wealthy churches in Paul's generation. And wealth is always has a corrupting influence on people. Whether you're a Christian or not is irrelevant to this point. Wealth can and does on a regular basis have a corrupting influence on our lives. And so Paul knows that it's going to be difficult for the Corinthians to really get this idea of radical generosity. So he has a huge task. Therefore, Paul frames generosity in the context of our motives. He doesn't talk about generosity in the context of what it will ultimately produce. When he talks about what it will produce, he talks a lot about planting seeds. He talks a lot about the abundance of a harvest that will come later, but he, but he doesn't talk about it necessarily in the net result of the day. He talks about it in terms of the people's hearts, and that's what we should be considering as we think about the next years of Green Tree Community Church. What kind of church do we want to build? That means what kind of heart do I want God to develop in my life? What kind of heart do I want him to develop in your life? Paul attacks the question in the context of motives, and in particular, the motive of grace. Grace is a word he uses seven times in these two chapters. I'm just going to point out four of them this morning. We're going to do this pretty quickly uh, because uh, these are summary statements, and I, and I want to get to actually we're going to do a little sharing time in a little while, and I want to get to that. But I want you to notice how Paul emphasizes grace in the context of the, of the request to help their fellow Christians. In uh, chapter 8, verse 1, as Paul introduces the topic, he says, we want you to know brothers, brothers and sisters, the, 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 the Christians in Corinth, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches in Macedonia. Paul says, I, I want you to know about the grace of God when you think about your generosity. Why is that? 
Why is it that Paul doesn't, doesn't start out by saying, I want you to really get disciplined about your spending habits? Why does Paul say, I want you to really plan ahead so that this year you can give X amount, but next year if you really work hard at kind of trimming your budget, you can give even more? Why doesn't Paul go to the, the challenge of, of kind of getting the financial house in order? Why does he speak to grace? I want you to know about the grace of God. And he doesn't start with asking people to be gracious. He starts with pointing people to the grace in which they stand through God's mercy. And I think it's this reason. Giving without grace is really a burden. Giving outside the context of grace is an obligation. Now, we pay our taxes. I think most folks, I assume you pay your taxes. I I try to pay my taxes on time. But I got to tell you, there's not a heck of a lot of joy in that. (laughs) I mean, I'm glad my robes are paid. Pay, the roads are paved. I'm, I'm glad I live in a, in a country where I'm defended, and I'm, I'm willing to pay my fair share for that, but it's a duty. It's, it's a bit of an obligation, and Paul says if we, if we go about it that way, we're going to miss the whole point. I want you to know about the grace of God so that it isn't a burden to you. Chapter 8, verse 9 was our call to worship this morning. The second uh, use of grace I want to point out, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, so we get more specific. The grace of God to the grace of the Lord Jesus That though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus. God's gift of salvation is based on grace. The reason that you and I can worship together this morning as disciples of Jesus is not because we are uh, the the small group of people that got it (laughs) and we're way ahead of everybody else. The reason we can worship him this morning with, with, with freedom and with joy in our hearts is because God has been merciful to us in Christ Jesus to the point where he became debased. He lost everything. He gave up everything in order to purchase our salvation. Paul says if you're going to think about generosity, you have to think about it in terms not of your own generosity first, but God's generosity toward you. If you miss that, you're going to miss everything. So let's say we, we, we get that this morning. Let's say, okay, we've got it. We, we, we know about the grace of God that's at work. We know that it's the grace of God in Christ Jesus. But what confidence does that give us for moving forward? How does that help me give of my time and my treasure and my talent in significant ways, sacrificially even, and with joy in order to expand the kingdom of God? Well, I want to remind you about a verse we looked at last week in chapter 9. In verse 8, Paul writes this. This God of grace, he says, is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Now, I reminded us last week, and just a quick reminder again this morning, Paul isn't preaching a prosperity gospel. He isn't saying you're going to get rich if you give generously. Don't don't hear that and don't read that into the text. A lot of people have abused this text in that way. What Paul is saying is that God has a plan for you specifically, for you individually and for you as a church, Corinth. And the same is true of us today. If you're a disciple of Jesus, God has a plan for your life. I like people always kind of run away when they see me coming. When every once in a while I'll call somebody and say, Hey, you want to have lunch? And they're like, Why? What did I do? (laughs) Or what do you want? And I like to say, well, God loves you, and I have a wonderful plan for your life, uh, because it, I, I really do. I mean, if you don't have one, let me know. I'll be happy to give you one. Um, and, and it will be wonderful, in, in my opinion, it will be wonderful. 
because chances are it'll help me do something. But uh, the facts are God does have a plan for your life. If you're married, he has you in that marriage for a particular reason. If you're parents, you have your children for a particular reason, mostly for your sanctification. If your children are growing up in the home in which you're growing up, your heavenly Father has given you the parents that you have for a reason. The work that you do, the neighborhood in which you live, the fact that you're part of Green Tree Church, and Green Tree Church collectively, God has a plan for us, and he is going to give us the resources to accomplish that plan. God is the one who is going to move us from being grudging to being generous. Now, a lot of, a lot of folks at Green Tree have already made that move. A lot of you are an example to the rest of us of what it means to live radically generous lives. But God is going to make sure that his grace abounds in us, that it overflows. If, you know, if, you're, if you're cooking something and the pot is just getting fuller and fuller and fuller, it's kind of pouring over. That's the idea here. There won't be anything lacking for the intentions and the purposes of God. So we focus our attention on the grace of God, and we pray and we ask God to give us his direction for where he's leading us as a church, as a congregation. We trust that he is able to make all grace abound in us. So where does that lead us? Well, where it led Paul was to kind of bookend this passage. He started in chapter 8, verse 1, saying, I want you to know about the grace of God. And he ends up talking about that grace in verse 14, which I'm not going to put on the screen. He's talking about the, the, the Christians in Jerusalem. They pray for them. Why? Because of the surpassing grace of God that is upon you. And then he concludes with this, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Therefore, because God has been gracious to us, because Jesus Christ gave everything so that we could have life and have it abundantly and have it overflowing, because God is able to make that same character that resides in his heart and in his mind reside in our hearts, in our minds through the power of his word and the power of his Holy Spirit, what do we do? How do we respond? We respond in thanks. We respond in being focused on God, not on ourselves. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Uh, uh, do, do you see the, a, a, bit of, a bit of irony there? Paul is trying to put words on something to which he says you can't put words. <laughs> Paul says the gift is inexpressible. I, there's no way I can, I can fully explain the, the gift that God has given us. And so all I can do is say thank you. <laughs> But I think what Paul is saying is, thanks be to God. In other words, let my life as a disciple express thanks to my God for his gift of grace through the Lord Jesus Christ. That I would actually base my life on that generous gift. That every relationship I've been, every decision I make, how I go about my work, uh, what I do in, in the ministry of God in and through Green Tree Community Church or other, other ministries in the area. I know lots of our folks are involved in lots of different ministries. Whatever decision it is that we're making, young men and women that are here this morning, even you guys that are, that are in grade school, you can think about this every day. How do the decisions I make, how do the way I live around my friends, my buddies that I'm in, I'm in school with or I play sports with, how can I reflect God's grace and mercy to them. I got this, uh, somebody came up and handed this to me before the service. It was really kind of cool. And of course, I'm going to get emotional about it. Um, he, he, this is a grandfather explained to me that, that his wife, grandma, kind of collects this, this um, change 
uh, uh, jar all year long. And then around this time of year, she divvies it up among all the grandkids, and, and she gives it to them. And, one of her, her, uh, and then they go do whatever they want to do with it. And one of her, her grandchildren, whose name is Cooper, says, my money is for the church. And then I've got this little envelope with the change in it, and it says, from Cooper. So I think it's appropriate that that's actually the, the first gift that goes in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the box this morning, the basket this morning. But I am humbled that, that God would uh, allow Cooper to get that at his age. And I'm a little embarrassed that I've been a little bit slower on the uptake. How will I respond? How will you respond? How will we uh, join Cooper in radical generosity? Because that was all the change that he had. How will we reflect God's grace to others? I believe it's in lives of generosity. It's not just about our finances. The life of Green Tree Community Church right now, we're, we're, we're really after a pretty big challenge. And it's going to take a lot of generosity on all of our parts to get there. But at the end of the day, it's really about the generous spirit of God based on his grace flowing in us, to us, and then through us. So the question I want us to answer this morning, and I'm actually, we're going to be a little bit un-Presbyterian this morning, but that's okay. Uh, We have some microphones around the room. We've got one down there, and we've got one over there, and I think we've got one in the back. And and I want to just put a statement up on the screen. It's already up there. Because of God's inexpressible gift to me in Christ Jesus, I, and then kind of fill in the blank. What we're going to do for a few minutes, and I'm, I'll share mine with you before, as we start, to give you an example. What we're going to do for a few minutes is we're going to give you the opportunity to talk to us. Now, we're going to ask that you talk very briefly. And I have spies sitting next to these microphones. If you start to go on and on and on, one of my spies is going to come and, and, and grab you and, and gently in love of Jesus suggest that your time is up. Um, And as you'll see, mine is just one sentence long. We're really looking for a sentence or two because we'd love for as many folks as possible, as as young or old as possible, to take a moment and share what this may mean to them. So what I've written down as I've I've thought about this, and mine's kind of broad. It, it, It can be broad, it can be specific. But what I've written as I've thought about this is my future. I've thought about where do I hope God takes me and how do I hope God will use me um, at, at, in the future of my life. And so I've simply said, because of God's inexpressible gift to me in Christ Jesus, I renew my commitment to share the gospel in and through Green Tree Community Church. I, I believe I'm where I'm supposed to be. I believe I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But there are times when you start to get in your mid-50s and you start to think, well, you know, should I settle down? Should I, you know, kind of back up a couple steps? Should I, should I catch my breath? And, and the answer I got to that question is absolutely not. There's a lot more to be done. There's a lot more opportunities in front of us. As long as, as I have the energy and the, and the wherewithal, I want to renew my commitment to share the gospel in and through Green Tree Community Church, whether it's here, whether it's in North Middle School, whether it's eventually in a building. But I'd like for us to talk to one another. So I'm just going to kind of go sit down over there and hang out. Uh, the microphones are open, and you can fill in the blank any way you want to. But again... Uh, and I know, you know, it's a lot, you know, a lot of people here, you might be a little intimidated. Don't be afraid. They're, we all love each other. So even if you're wearing a Webster shirt this morning, you can, you can, you can share something. Not, not, to, not to pick on you or anything. Um, but feel free to, to share. Try to keep it just down to a sentence or two. And then in a few minutes, I'll come back and I'll, and I'll pray for you. So the floor is, is yours, brothers and sisters.
I'm really good with awkward silence, too. Um, doesn't bother me a bit. <laughs> I'll break the silence. Because of God's inexpressible gift to me in Christ Jesus, um, I have a great joy every other Sunday teaching second graders. It has uh, been something that I have enjoyed more than I could even have imagined. It's been so much fun to teach these kids. Because of God's inexpressible gift to me and with the help that only he can provide, I can serve him in ministries both here and elsewhere that I would never have believed possible. Because of God's inexpressible gift to me in Christ Jesus, I am at peace. Thank you. of God's inexpressible gift to me in Christ Jesus, I am able to live in love and not live in fear. Because of God's inexpressible gift to me in Christ Jesus, I thank the Stevens Ministries for saving my marriage and giving me the husband that God wanted me to have. I praise the Lord for our service here and I look forward to serving for as long as I live here. Thank you. Because of God's inexpressible gift to me <clears throat> in Christ Jesus, I have the comfort of his presence in every situation that I have to face. Because of God's inexpressible gift to me in Jesus Christ, I am humbled by his mercy to me, and I'm challenged every day to show that mercy and that generosity to others. Hang on a second. Nancy's going to help you. Thanks, Nancy, for lowering that. There Thank you go. Because of God's inexpressible gift to me, I have got a great talent at basketball. <laughs> Because of God's inexpressible gift to me in Christ Jesus, I'm willing to place myself in a position of dependency on him. Because of God's inexpressible gift to me in Christ Jesus, we have so much joy and laughter in my home.
pull it down, Ethan. You can pull it down. There you go. Because of God's inexpressible gift to me, I have two awesome sisters. Because of God's inexpressible gift to me in Christ Jesus, I have been surrounded and carried um, by the people of Green Tree through some of the most difficult days of my life that were totally unexpected. And I have been called by him to serve the people of Green Tree, and I am so grateful. I think for half Bassanese. Because of God's inexpressible gift to me in Christ Jesus, I feel that I am home in a church body that loves me. Being new here only for one year from Springfield, Missouri, the love of this church is amazing and I know that we are where the Lord wants us to be and we never thought we could love this church green tree like we do so fast and even more than our church that we were at for 15 years thank you for being the hands and feet and the and the big smiles Peggy Dimitri of the face of Jesus you guys are an expression of Jesus thank you Because of God's inexpressible gift to me in Christ Jesus, I'm healthy, I'm here, and I'm willing to work for God in any aspect that he calls me to do. Uh, because of God's inexpressible gift to me in Christ Jesus, um, I get to, like the rest of you, talk to him every day and be heard by him. Um, that veil has been torn because of uh, God's gift to me in Christ Jesus, I will get to see him face to face and live forever with him. Um, I get to have an amazing wife. I get to have two boys that sleep amazingly well uh, <laughs> right now. Um, and also I get to be a part of a church that is sharing the gospel and the true grace of God that is loving uh, people. And there are people that have that don't get to experience that. So by God's grace, I can raise my hands. I can praise him. I can say Jesus Christ without wondering if somebody's going to take me out. And um, go Webster. <laughs> Because of God's inexpressible gift to me, he's uh, shown me that he actually does have a plan for my life and that it was much more than I could have ever imagined to have on my own.
because of God's inexpressible gift to me. Um, 30 years ago, I loved staying home and gardening because everybody was at church. It was really quiet. And now my greatest passion for the last 17 years is sharing the gospel with children. Because of God's inexpressible gift to me in Christ Jesus, I get to start over every day because this parenting thing is hard. I don't want to cut it off. Anybody else was thinking about it? Well, I'll give you just another second if you want to hop up. Don't have to, but if you want to. Thank you, almost everyone who shared except for Anthony. Um, <laughs> I don't think the words go Webster have ever been heard in this room before. It's really, it's, it's really pretty remarkable. Um, we're going to continue in, in worship before we go have a wonderful brunch uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have a, a couple of, of songs, praise and worship songs that we're going to sing, so our worship guys are heading back up here. But we're also going to take this time uh, to bring our faith promises. So many of you, uh, maybe like me, have, have one of these and have had the opportunity to fill one out. Uh, we're going to invite everyone, uh, young or old, uh, new or been at Green Tree for a long, long time, uh, not visitors. Visitors, we, we're not looking for you to make a financial commitment to Green Tree. Um, but if you do get an NBA contract someday, we do want you to make sure you know where your church home is. Um, we're going to invite, thank you, thank you, thank you. I tell people all the time the kids at Green Tree are so much smarter than me, and they don't believe it, and then we have proof right there. Thank you. Um, we're going to sing, and while we're singing, uh, we're going to stand and sing, as, as is our, our custom, but while we're singing, we invite you to bring forward your promise. We have folks walking through the room right now with pens and with extra forms, so if you need one, you can wave at them. Here's how we're going to do this. We're going to try to, to manage the traffic because it's a big room with lots of folks. Uh, we're going to ask that if you're on the outside section over there, that as you come forward, you go to the outside and come down this way. There are, there's a basket over there. And then when you go back to your seat, if you would curl around and kind of come back up this way. Uh, with you guys, we're going to ask you if you would come to this aisle. And if you would come down and around, there's a basket on the outside. But if you could flow that way. Middle section, uh, if you could go to your right. Uh, if you're kind of halfway, go that way and go down. And you're going you're gonna to kind of have to be careful there. But come around here and there's a basket in front. So everybody in the middle section, if you would go there around this way, and then back up. Is that like as clear as mud? Do we, do we get the, the general idea? Uh, any way you can manage, come on up and bring your, bring your, uh, bring your promise. So let's continue in worship of God. <laughs> 